Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rose irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Welcome back to our Golden Twenties. My name is Tegan and I am joined with my co-host Sadie and we are here to talk not about Christmas, surprisingly, because the last couple episodes have been pretty holiday themed, but we're taking a little break and we're here to talk about mental health. And as I'm sure everyone listening knows, this time of year can put a lot of strain on your mental health because you're always very busy. I find at work as we're heading towards like the end of the financial year, things get really busy. I always find I'm invited to a lot more things, whether it's like office Christmas parties or friends parties, or, you know, we live in a big city. I find a lot of people come and visit at this time of year. And so there's that element. There's the financial strain that comes with the holidays and it can be a lot. So we want to acknowledge that and sort of come up with some alternatives to therapy. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, I'm sure you've heard us talk about our love of therapy a lot, but it's no secret that therapy is really expensive. And It's not realistic that everyone can afford it, and it's a privilege that Sadie and I can afford it and that we have benefits that cover some of that. And so we're going to talk about some alternatives. I'm thinking if you're a person who doesn't have benefits or if your benefits don't cover therapy, if you don't have the financial stability right now to afford it, if you're a student, obviously, I remember being a student and having no money. So we're going to talk about some of the things that we do to sort of supplement our therapy that I think could be good alternatives. Yeah, 100%. I feel like Well, I just started talking to a therapist at the beginning of 2022, so we're going into my second year of therapy, but that was when I was, how old, 26 years old, so I got through, you know, my, all my early 20s without a therapist, and I feel like the things we're going to talk about are how I got through it, Um, Mm -hmm. and it really was exactly like you were saying, Tag, I just didn't have the money for it, I also didn't necessarily... I think it was still like becoming like a normalized thing to talk about therapy and talk about mental health at the time, even though that was only, I don't know, however many years ago, eight years ago that I started my 20s. But there is definitely things that you can do to 
support your personal growth and development on your own and practices you can do to like help you get there. So I am so excited for this episode. And I also think too, it's just timely knowing we are ending a year going into a new year. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that is an exciting thing. Other times that's a very stressful, anxiety-inducing thing. I think the year-end anxiety is very real. Maybe you're feeling right now like, oh my gosh, where has this year gone? I didn't accomplish anything I wanted to do. And you're really Mm -hmm. starting to beat yourself up about it. Or maybe you're getting excited knowing a new year is in sight and you're feeling inspired and I don't know, just energized to turn things around. I feel like some of the things that we're going to talk through today will just, I guess, help you either come out of that or ways you can come out of that year-end anxiety or kind of fuel yourself even more forward um, if you're feeling inspired and excited for a new year. So definitely Mm -hmm. a timely episode. And also for me too, I was going to say, just being with my family a lot this time of year always brings up emotions for whatever reason. So it's like, even if the holidays are a happy time, even if you, you know, have a therapist. I feel like there's just a lot of emotions going on throughout the holidays. So it's nice just to have some tools in your back pocket to pull out if you do have a day or two where you're just feeling overwhelmed with emotions. Yeah, definitely. I think too, before we get started, I wanted to say, obviously like therapy is great. The stuff we're going to talk about is great. But if you feel like your mental health is in a pretty severe place right now, definitely talk to your doctor. If you feel like you're a danger to yourself or others, call 911. There are trained professionals who can help you. This is, you know, more for people who I think can function, but feel that spike of mental like unwellness at this time of year. Yeah, that's a great call. I think an obvious place for us to start is journaling. Because again, if you're an avid listener, you've heard us talk about this a lot. Maybe I'll pass it to you, Sadie, as our avid journal Journaling. chair person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think every single time we talk about therapy, I also mention journaling because I really do find journaling was my biggest way of learning about myself and just, I don't know, a good way to reflect and kind of talk myself through different emotions and process all of my thoughts prior to finding a therapist. So I started journaling right at the time I was graduating college. And my journal actually, I keep all my journals. I've now gone through three journals and I have them all. And every now and then I'll go through them and read through them. And it's just funny to see myself talk myself through some of these really big transitional moments in life. If it was graduating college, starting my first full-time job, moving into the apartment that I currently live in, which was my first apartment post-grad. Like there's so many things where I'm so glad I have these journals to reflect back on, but I'm also so proud of myself for, you know, using that space to just write down exactly what I was thinking and use that to figure out what I was going to do next. So I think journaling is a great way to document all of that, but I think it's also where I go to set goals. And like I said, really, I don't want to use the word document again because I've been saying that so much, but (laughs) to 
uh, write down the journey, you know, and to see your progress as well. And I think part of that is journaling during the good and the bad times. I know in past episodes when I've talked about journaling, there's been periods of my life where I only journal when things are going really bad. However, Mm -hmm. I think for it to have the full effect, it also needs to be when times are really good as well. And there's many journal entries that I've written where I write about bad things. And then the next journal entry is like, hey, remember how I said everything in my life was falling apart? Well, you know, one month later, everything has turned around. And, you know, I think it's kind of using those moments of journaling about the bad times to surrender, to get it all off your chest, to vent it all out, to, you know, empty your mind and put all of those thoughts that are going up on in your mind, like down on paper, free up the headspace. But then it also just kind of, like I said, surrenders, puts it out to the universe, makes space for good things to happen. And like I said, I've seen that many times in my past journal entries where that is exactly the case. So all of this to say, I think it can be a really great way to get to know yourself, to see your growth. And I think that's what therapy is all about. I think my therapist often points out to me, you know, moments of growth are like, hey, like you should be proud of yourself for this or, you know, different Mm -hmm. things like that, where I think it's nice to be for that to be guided, but it doesn't have to be. And if you have a journal to reference, you know, you can do a lot of that work yourself. So definitely a really great place to start. And I think it can be quite easy. Um, It can be hard as well, obviously, but there's so many different ways to journal out there now. Like there's guided journals that you can buy or download or even just go to Pinterest. And I just had a huge Canadian accent when I said go, but (laughs) go to Pinterest and look up journal prompts to get you started. Um, But I think this is really accessible for a lot of people and a great place to start. Yeah, totally. I am not an avid journaler like you, but I do journal from time to time, a lot of goal setting and a lot of like ranting. But Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's a great place to sort of like get your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions out, which can be a a big part of therapy. And it also kind of gives you perspective too, which Mm -hmm. is another thing a therapist does. Like you were saying, when you get all of your emotions onto the page and then you look at it the next day you're like I have the perspective to see this wasn't a big a deal as I was making it to be so there's definitely that element and like you said the cost can be free you can be journaling by typing in the notes app on your phone or by doing voice memos on your phone or you know for the cost of a notebook if you go to the dollar store you can get a notebook for a dollar so again something very accessible I think I love the voice note idea because to be Mm -hmm. honest, I find our podcast very therapeutic because it's me. You -hmm. guys know me. I go on these like winded rants sometimes, but I'm like, it's just that releasing, getting things off my chest. But then also when I say something out loud, I process it differently, you know? So I think, again, there's so many different ways to do this, but I think just taking time to acknowledge what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're going through, like that's the goal here. So if it's writing in a notebook, in your phone, having a voice note, starting a podcast, <laughs> like <laughs> literally anything to kind of get this out of like out and off your chest. The other thing I was going to say, sorry, you made me think of this, but 
I also find sometimes in therapy, even you're afraid of saying something for being judged, even yeah. like if it's to a professional who you're being paid or you're paying not to judge you <laughs> or a friend or, you know, there's just certain yeah. things where it's like, I really don't want to tell anybody this. I find journaling is the best way to do that. Like the things I've written in my journal, I've said to my sister many times, like if something ever happens to me, the first thing I want you to do is find my journal. <laughs> yeah. So nobody else does, you know? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's not that it's like a, like an awful thing that I'm writing, but it's just like, these are thoughts that I haven't said to anybody else, but it just makes yeah. me feel better to get them out. And where I put them is in my journal. So yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I could talk about this all day, so I'll stop now. <laughs> Mods making <Okay>. an appearance. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Cat break. Yeah, the next thing that I thought of, which I like hate, but I also have to say it, is eating healthy. It's like ugh, the worst. I like I don't even want to say it, but I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I just feel like this can make you feel better. <laughs> and obviously through the winter vitamins can be a big part of it my old doctor once said that she every single person that comes to her office from toronto has a vitamin d deficiency because when you're in a city you get significantly less light and so taking vitamins whether it's like vitamin d vitamin c if you are feeling worse than usual go to your doctor they can do a blood test and tell you exactly what to take Last time I went, I found out I had low B12 and that kind of thing. And just balancing the way you eat. So balancing healthy with treats, with comfort food, like you kind of need a mix of all of it to feel good, drinking enough water. Again, this is something that's free or it could make your groceries slightly more expensive, but I think is valuable. But I also hate that I had to say that because I hate eating healthy. So I feel like we can move past that because it's triggering. Yeah. Yeah. But I think even if you think about like balancing your hormones and like balancing different things in your body that then lead to like when your hormones are out of whack, maybe you're more anxious, maybe you're more stressed, you know, so it does all definitely tie together. Yeah, definitely. Sort of related to that is moving your body This, again, is the kind of thing that when you do it, you feel better, but then you're, like, annoyed because it's so simple. So it's like, why don't I just do it every day? But, you know, we don't. (laughs) But, you know, even just going on a walk, again, Mm -hmm. that's something free that's easy to do. Doing yoga, Sadie and I, I think every year do, like, a January yoga challenge and again, that's free. It's just on YouTube and it could be a great way to sort of like get out of your head, get out of your space and move your body. Yeah, 100%. I always find that moving my body is the best way for me to release stress because it's like a physical, this is like a more intense, well, no, not even a more intense workout. I was going to say that, but even like a power flow, this is like not really a relaxing yoga, like yin class, but this might be like a yeah, high energy, like vinyasa flow or something. I find that always releases my stress that I'm feeling after like a really crazy work day. And I think part of that too is exercise obviously releases endorphins and those Mm -hmm. are known to reduce stress and boost your well-being in so many different ways. 
And I also think part of this too is boosting your energy levels because if you are feeling stressed, anxious, depressed for whatever reason, you obviously have very low energy, very low motivation to do anything. But I think if you can really talk yourself into doing a workout, you'll find that it can boost your mood and boost your energy at the same time. So definitely good for mental health. And the other thing that I really like about exercise, and this is something that I really learned last year when I had really low self-esteem coming Mm -hmm. out of like COVID and whatever, I find working out consistently, showing yourself, hey, I'm putting in the effort to better myself, to show up for myself, like I'm capable of doing this. I'm capable of doing a 40-minute yoga flow. I'm capable of doing like a 20-minute HIIT workout, like whatever it is. It really builds your confidence over time. And I think this is kind of the key in it all, you know, talking to a therapist, like the, again, point things out or you get more comfortable with yourself chatting things out. But I think working out, almost brings that getting comfortable with yourself, believing in yourself and being more confident in yourself. And that will translate off the yoga mat, outside of your workout class and in every area of your life. So it is a really big thing to unlock and exercising and moving your body can help you get there. Yeah, 100%. It can also be a great way to battle stress. If you've been here a while, you've probably heard me talk about the book Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking Mm -hmm. the Stress Cycle. And in that book, they say one of the key things is working out because especially if you're someone like Sadie or I, we work from home, we work from computers. They're like, our bodies are programmed to when we feel stress, it's, you know, from our ancestors, we're stressed because we're getting chased by a bear. And so the way that we tell our body that the threat is gone is we run away from the bear. Whereas if you're a person who's spending all of your time getting stress from emails or virtual meetings or virtual classes or writing essays, your body's never getting the sign that you ran away from the danger. And so it can also be a clue to your body, especially if it's like you've had a big work day, you've been stressed things got heated and then you go for a walk, you're telling like the hidden parts of your brain that you're walking away from the danger. It's safe. The bear is not coming to get you. And so if you're ever, I think, reaching a point of like, I am so stressed, I'm so burnt out, you might just want to be like, I want to curl up in a ball and lay in bed. But I do think it can be valuable to try and move your body to sort of like trick your brain, I guess, into understanding that you're safe. Yeah. I love that. Which is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I think another thing why like working out is because I find it meditative and this is Mm -hmm. the next part we want to talk about was meditating. And I think why I wanted to start with it being a like workout is meditative because I think when you say the word meditate, people imagine sitting on the floor, cross-legged, your hand, like your palms up kind of thing, eyes are closed. There's like sound, some sort of sound bath happening around you. If it's like the sound bowls, if it's some spa music, or maybe it's a guided meditation with somebody like telling you to focus on your breathing. Like, yes, that is definitely a way to meditate. And I definitely think that's effective. But for me, 
I don't ever just sit and meditate. My way of meditating is by doing something where I'm only thinking about that one thing or getting so lost in that one thing where I'm not thinking about anything at all. And oftentimes that's through working out. If it's like an actual workout class or if it's yoga, I find my mind is completely blank, which is a good thing. And it helps, again, release that stress. You're not thinking about whatever you're stressed about. You're not thinking about whatever you're anxious about. And you can just be. And that's kind of the goal of meditating is just being in that exact moment. I think something unrelated to working out that I find very meditative is cooking. And again, it's something I'm doing with my hands. I'm just thinking about doing what I'm doing, not everything else, like every single problem in the world. (laughs) Like I might be like just sitting on the couch, not doing anything, you know? So I don't know. I just wanted to kind of put that out there too for this whole like working out, but turning it into like a meditative time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find that with Spotify and I'm sure YouTube, there are so many guided meditations out there whether it's like podcasts or sometimes I see them as songs and that can be a really good option if you are feeling like your brain's running a mile of a minute and you're like I want to meditate but if I just sit here I'm just going to be thinking of my like to-do list you can get like really specific too so it's like I've been in the past looking up like meditations for work stress and what they're telling you has to do with dealing with stress from work or whatever it is. And so that can be really helpful. And even like short meditations I find can make a difference. It doesn't have to be like I'm spending the next 30 minutes in silence. It can be like I'm spending two minutes Mm -hmm. and that can be good enough. There's also some meditation podcasts out there And it's the kind of thing where they'll upload, like some I subscribe to upload daily, some are weekly, and that can be really nice as well. Mm -hmm, Totally. I think the next thing on our list, maybe actually is a perfect segue, is listening to therapy-based podcasts or reading self-help books. And I also did a lot of this in my early Mm -hmm. 20s, and I think it gave me so much perspective, but also made me feel less alone in tackling the things that I was going through. And I think this is, especially in your 20s, one of the biggest challenges with mental health is you just feel like you're the only person going through what you're going through just because it's the first time you're going through that, you know, like it's the first time you're experiencing post-grad life. It's the first time you're moving out, living on your own without your parents or the first time you're making friends outside of high school. Like, I don't know. I think it's just a lot of firsts and you feel very isolated and alone in that. So it's nice to have a therapist to talk to, to assure you you're not alone in it. But if that's not an option, I think, you know, just hearing other people's stories and experiences is really great and reassuring and also very validating. And I think the biggest thing for me listening to these podcasts or reading self-help books is just the perspective that it gave me. So it's like, okay, even if this person's going through the same situation as me, to hear how they're handling it or what they're doing about it inspires me to maybe also take action in the same way or just gives me a different perspective, something I maybe wouldn't have even thought of when we're dealing with the same problem, if that makes sense. So I really think this is a great way, again, to just 
get perspective, maybe reflect on your own situation, your own actions by hearing how someone else is dealing with a similar problem differently. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I feel like you can find a lot of like tips and actions, like how I was just talking about the burnout book I read. And I also find that it can help you like level up your life if you're surrounded by people who aren't really helping you get there, if that makes sense, where totally, you know, it's that saying of like, you're the combination of the five people you spend the time the most of your time with obviously it's hard to just be like well I'm gonna go move into the rich neighborhood and uh you Mm -hmm. know and but it can be interesting to be reading the perspectives of these like highly successful people and be I don't know like drinking the Kool-Aid and feeling that like motivation and thinking if they can do it why can't I especially if you're surrounded by like no people I guess yeah definitely And I think like the thing we're talking about here at the root of it all is just continuously growing and learning about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, this is a great way to just learn in general, you know, to open up your mind, to learn about other people, other ways of life, other ways of thinking. And all of this, I think, can really benefit you in your personal growth growth as well. And just overall to become a more empathetic person and just more well-rounded and open-minded. Yeah. And again, if you're listening and thinking books are expensive, you know, you can get these books from the library. I've read some of my favorite self-help books just for free from the Toronto library. Or like we said, podcasts, there's so many self-help podcasts out there, including ours, (laughs) that I feel like can be a good resource that are pretty accessible. Yeah, totally. I think the next thing on the list was all about routine. And we talk so much about routine on the podcast and you guys love it, to be honest. Like I think it's still (laughs) some of our best or most listened to episodes, but really routine can look like so many different things. I think we talked about our morning night routines, work from home routines. We've talked about our beauty routines. Like I think you can pick any one of these or maybe all of them if you're feeling ambitious and focus on almost perfecting it in a way. And why I think routine is so important for your mental health is it's, first of all, a really great way to show up for yourself and to stay accountable to yourself. Um, I think especially if you're struggling with your mental health, I know for me anyway, as soon as I'm feeling down and low, all I want to do, like you were saying earlier, Tag, is like curl up Mm -hmm. in bed or lay on the couch, scroll TikTok, order like junk food. Like my routine goes out the window because I'm not feeling good and motivated to stay on it. However, as soon as I break the cycle and get back on my routine, I find it always pulls me out of that low feeling. So definitely worth mentioning. And I also think, you know, when we talked about routine in the past, we've talked about how it gives you a sense of control, which can also really help reduce your anxiety. So if you're feeling like you have so much going on, you so many things are out of your control. I think finding a routine and sticking to it is the one thing you can control. And I think it also can really give you a sense of accomplishment to help you manage your stress. Or even if you're feeling depressed, I think, you know, being able to be like, well, I got up, brushed my teeth, did my hair, put on an outfit, like that is a sense of accomplishment. Or maybe it's your wind down night routine. You're like, well, 
I read like three chapters of my book tonight. That is a win for the day. Just gives you a little win in the day. Yeah. 100%. I think sort of related to routine, a big thing for me is like booking time for myself, booking mm-hmm. time to like be selfish. I'm the kind of person where I need to like give myself permission to do that. And so whether it's you're booking days or if that's not feasible, hours where you're doing nothing or you're doing the things that you enjoy or you're doing something that's just for you sort of selfishly, I feel like it can be easy to pile on to-dos, which can kind of spiral into I'm not doing enough, I'm lazy, I need to get things done, why is my house such a mess, why haven't I bought Christmas gifts yet, why haven't I worked out today? And so booking time to be like, no, this is me resting and rest is productive can also be good. And this is your end of your reminder to use your paid time off at work and your personal days and use them to spend time for yourself. You don't need to have a vacation booked to be using, you know, your days off and to be relaxing and recharging. 100%. I couldn't say that better. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. And learning to enjoy spending time by yourself. That's so key. It's hard, you know, but I feel like, yeah, I don't know. If you can fill your time with things you enjoy, then you look forward to spending time by yourself. Okay. The last thing on the list is all about the people you surround yourself with. So again, going back to if you can't afford a therapist, if you don't have that person who is giving you an hour of their time dedicated to just hearing about you and your life and your problems, everything. I think it's really, really important. Even if you do have that person, actually, I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are supportive and uplift you and are people that you can confide in. And I don't want this to get confused with you know, you don't need a therapist if you have a really great friends and if you have a really great family, because I think no matter what you shouldn't be. I don't know. I don't, this is kind of hard for me to say because it's like a fine line of like, you want good people in your life who you can confide in, but you also don't want to burden them with your problems and everything. You know, they're not totally qualified to be, yeah, giving you, I don't know, professional advice and everything. But all of this to say, I think that was another key part outside of journaling and podcasts and self-help books that I leaned on in my early twenties was having so many different types of support for every area of my life. So, you know, it was transitioning into adulthood, any single problem around that that came up, I called my parents. So if it was like I am like looking at apartments to rent and I'm losing my train of thought so badly right now. I'm <laughs> crashing so hard, but I'm looking for apartments to rent. I have questions about it or I want them to see it, whatever it is. It's like, that was something I yeah. could call my parents and talk about. Even now, I just had like a fuse blow. As soon as something like that happens, I call my parents. I'm like, what do I do? You know, yeah. I remember when I first moved out and had questions about cooking, questions about laundry, like anything like that. I had my mom to call, my dad to call. And then I think, Outside of that, you know, I had my friends and my sisters where it was like just people to rant to, people to support me, somebody to celebrate my wins. I think that was really great. Um, And people to also 
bring that perspective if I was ranting or venting, you know, just somebody to like bounce ideas off of. And then I think also the biggest thing for me too, knowing that work stress has been a big stressor in my life, um, was having mentors in my career that I could talk to for advice. So for me, early in my career, this was actually connecting with professors at my school who were really well connected to the industry. They were like in the know with what was going on, going to them for advice on post-grad life and things like that. Starting my career, I found I really leaned on them. But then once I was in my career, it was, you know, talking to my bosses, talking to my coworkers, getting their advice, feeling them support me and cheer me on. I feel like all of that really helped get me to where I am now. So definitely kind of an important thing to keep in mind. And it goes back to what you were saying, Tag, is you are the people you spend the most time with. So you definitely want that to be a positive influence in your life. Yeah, definitely. I think that that also means removing people who bring you down where, and I don't necessarily mean like having a big confrontation or being like, you're bringing me down, but it's like disengaging from things that aren't helping you. And this Mm -hmm. is something I've learned as I've gotten older, where it's like, it's okay to just not respond or it's okay to show your support, but then back off to kind of protect your peace. And yeah, it can be difficult, especially if you're like a people pleaser. But I think that that can also be valuable because it's hard to take care of yourself if you're spending a lot of time taking care of other people. That's just 100%. the reality of the situation. And I find that there are a lot of people, whether they're doing it on purpose or not, who like will take advantage of support from friends. So that's we have whole episodes about like what to do if you feel your friendships are ending and stuff, because I feel like this is a topic we could <laughs> talk about yeah. for like another hour. But there's that element too of like protecting your peace. Sometimes you've just got to like stop responding. Sometimes you've got to say, I can't go to that event with you because it's not good for my mental health or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Definitely. The word that's coming to mind for me is boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) And we just have a, or we just put out an episode all about that a few weeks ago. So definitely go listen to that because I think that is exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. Well, that is it. I've clearly run out of steam. (laughs) So we're ending it there. (laughs) I'm kidding. But that was all we had for you guys. I hope this got you guys thinking, I guess, of just ways that you can maybe work in some more uh, care and attention to your mental health, regardless if you have a therapist or not, Um, regardless if you're at a high high or a low low right now. I think these are good practices to think about Mm -hmm. and try out um, regardless of how you're feeling, regardless of the time of year. But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We drop a new episode every Tuesday. We have lots of self-improvement and mental health chats. So definitely subscribe and follow us if you're wanting to hear more about that. You can also find us on social media. We're at our golden 20s. That's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, all the places. We also have Spotify playlists. 
And we also have a Patreon, which is the best way to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. We actually have some journal prompts on there and just some other um, resources, I guess, that can hopefully help you in tackling your mental health. Um, But we also have bonus content up there, including some bonus episodes, things like that. So go check us out on Patreon, join the community. And that is everything. So we will see you next Tuesday. Bye.